or were so disappointed that you weren't there that just went, well, if Dave was here, I'd, I'd go say hi. But, you know, bleh. it is my look. Garfunkel's here. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Edrick. And I'm Ian Boothby. Sorry, I was drinking water just then. <laughs> why, I didn't drink why, any why water th- when I was in the States because I don't trust the water there. Why do so you think I'm, I started the show oh, as soon as I saw the bottle go man, up? Man, I am very thirsty. I am starting. Are you? Yeah, because I haven't drank any water in a week and a bit because I went to San Diego and I don't trust the water there, like I said. <laughs> Who knows? You know, you got to... First of all, the water always there makes me feel... It's beautiful. It's beautiful, but the water tastes weird. Mm. And like after you, you're a couple of days there, you go like, I don't know if this shower is helping or hurting. Mm-hmm. You know, you just feel like you're getting a little bit of thickness on you, a little uh, extra layer, yeah. something like that. But now that Trump's, you know, uh, fixing everything with the EPA, I'm sure it's going to be great. That's going to be good. You know, in uh, Terminator and lots of other films, they, they drive through that big... The original Terminator. No, no, the second one. Terminator 2. With Arnold Schwarzenegger. The second one with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. They, uh, they drive... Like a truck, I think the T one thousand is driving a truck, and he crashes through a through a barrier, and then he, they drive down into some sort of like area where it's really open, and like and they, so there's a little bit of water in it. Yep. That's where I imagine L A gets its water, like all of California. The water just flows through yep. that, and so you know, no wonder it tastes weird because there's always ca- shooting movies. There. There's always cars and stuff driving through it. Yeah, it all makes sense. Yeah, and, yeah. terrible. So yeah, I didn't drink any water. Uh, so, uh, you know, all straight soda pop, just the whole time. So the whole time. everything's fine now. I <laughs> uh, want to do a couple of plugs before we get started. Yeah. Uh, first, it's, uh, I, I'm doing Comic Books Live again, that uh, that show where mm-hmm. we take uh, public domain uh, comic uh, characters and uh, do new things with them. Uh, okay. We're also going to add romance to this one, though. That's oh, the twist. Romance comics. Yeah, romance comics to it. A little twist. Okay. So, uh, okay. doing that at the Havana, and that is going to be this Sunday. What time? Well... Why don't you check out the Sneaky Dragon page and we'll see. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, probably about 8 o'clock uh, at the Havana Restaurant and Commercial in Vancouver. So if you get a chance and you want to come and see it, it's always a lot of fun. I would love to come, but I'm otherwise engaged. Very good. Oh, you're engaged. So you got a divorce from your wife. <laughs> and now you're re-engaged. I'm re-engaged. I'm remarrying my wife. Once again, you know, everyone's jumping on the Trump bandwagon. You're like, you got to hit that magic three <laughs> number of marriages. Are people really jumping on the Trump bandwagon? Oh, yeah. They're like, get a divorce. Get a lot of them. <laughs> Get a whole bunch of different looking kids. I can't kids. imagine there's any sort of bandwagon that people are, I guess. When your kids all start I guess to the look alike, it gets him. boring. You want to get like, yeah. you know, you know, that's how you get an Ivanka is you got to marry a couple of women and then and then finally it works. Is that how it works? Yeah. Uh, and the Marla other, Maples was no slouch. No. And and sounds like a very Canadian name. It's surprising mm. she is not Canadian. That's right. If you it was to, original name, Marla Maple Syrup, shortened it to Marla, Marla, Marla Maples. That's right. Yeah. And she married a sap. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> political satire no uh so here's the uh the, here's the other thing uh we got our 300th uh and not anniversary i keep saying that i made i did that mistake <laughs> through our whole 200th anniversary which was not a 200th anniversary it is an anniversary if you count weeks as an anniversary but the anna part is the annual ah forget it what i'm saying is our 300th episode <laughs> is coming up in five episodes and we're gonna do a live show and we're gonna announce where the heck it's gonna be oh we are yeah soon no, now. Oh, okay. Because, uh, you know, make your plans, even though we don't know what day we're doing it. But we, you'll know generally the week we're going to do it. Yeah. Um, but we're going to be doing it at the uh, 8th Dimension Comic Book Store. That's nice. Yeah, it's a it's a nice new comic book store that's uh, basically uh, Main and Broadway. It's in the Wedge Building. Yep. It's uh, next to a restaurant, and then there's another. There's a pool hall there. There's, like, Pulp Fiction Books is nearby. Yep. Ah, there's all, sto- all the art things. Art store? 
art store. Oh, it's great. So uh, we're going to tell you what time it'll be in the evening times. Yeah. And there's going to be limited seating. So uh, make sure you get there early when we give you the information. And uh, we'll be there. We'll have like probably a guest or two. We'll just have some fun, be loosey-goosey. Will there be snacks? I don't know. Probably. That'd be good Probably, idea. but That'd don't get greasy mitts all over the comics. <laughs> okay, don't be like eating a bunch of cupcakes and then like flipping through, mm. you know, Action Comics number one. We don't yeah. need to, that kind of... <laughs> that would business. be a mistake. Yeah. That would be a mistake. It is a very good comic store, though. It's probably so, not a very good comic book. Action Comics number one? Yeah. Have you read it? No, I have not. Oh, well, you've had many years to get around to that. <laughs> that came out in 1938. Yes, I have. Yeah. Well, you know. Spoilers, Superman comes to Earth, fights crime. <laughs> Is it very good? And I think Slam Bradley's. Have in you there read well. it? Have you read it? Yeah, I got one of those uh, famous first edition mm. giant uh, things. The giant all the as stories. Everyone knows bigger is better. Mm-hmm. When you're a kid, it's fun. Yeah, uh, it's got all the ads in it. There, you know, yeah. start your own Nazi party. You know, that was weird. They didn't know though, right? They didn't know Hitler was going to do that. So I was like, all that. Stuff is that really in there? No, not at all. Of course it wouldn't be. That's <laughs> fucking. It seems so convincing. Nope. Uh, but yeah, they had Slam Bradley there, for that. one of my favorite characters, a you know, hard, hard-nosed detective in the back, and all these other characters that people yeah. just didn't care about, mm-hmm. you know, for many, many years. Then Ed Brubaker brought Slam ba- uh, Bradley back and kind of made him a bit of a love interest for Catwoman. That was pretty cool. But yeah, Good I idea. believe Superman fights, um, I believe he fights uh, Jack Kennedy, and I'm not joking. That is one of the characters that he fights oh, okay. in there, because Jack Kennedy uh, slaps a lady around, mm. and like, how would you like to get slapped around? He's like, oh, I, I wouldn't like it. Well, then knock it off. Huh. All right, I will, huh. says Jack Kennedy. So Superman fu- uh, dealt out justice and an eye for an eye. Yeah, and occasionally, way. like, there was one uh, that, I don't know if it was in that issue, but maybe in a subsequent second or third issue, where there's a military leader, and he's mm-hmm. a jerk. Yeah. And he's got a guy tied to a tree, and he's going to torture him. Yeah. And Superman comes, grabs the guy, and throws him away. And that's the end of that guy. Because wow. he threw them, threw <laughs> him quite a far distance okay. away. Yeah, yeah. Done. Well, that's like the episode with the guy who's speeding. He goes, you like speeding, dude? And he just took the car and he just threw it into the sun. <laughs> just went super fast. Yeah. He likes speeding. Oh, you like shoplifting. Let's try <laughs> shoplifting without these arms. And he tore his arms off and then fed them to him. No, he, he tried to make, he put a, sh- a shop onto him and said, try and lift this shop. Squash. Right. And then there was a kid who was like, uh, you know, you shouldn't have candy after dinner, said his parents. Yeah. And then he was walking and he snuck a little candy out. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, Superman came and murdered his parents in the alley right in front of him. <laughs> and that kid grew up to be Batman. Oh. Yep, that's Batman's origin that was, story. That was, I did not realize yep. that. But the trauma always made him think that it was a bat who killed his parents. Right, because he was eating candy and it was fruit-based candy. Mm. And so he went like, oh, I shall become a bat who enjoys fruit. Because <laughs> that's what bats like. Fruit Batman. Yeah, fruit Batman. Yeah. I think Fruit Batman is actually a Simpsons character now that I'm thinking about oh, it, so I'm going to have to stop joking about that now. Take that one away. Yep. Uh, speaking of uh, nothing speaking that we of were speaking, jokes. Speak, speaking of segues, um, I went to San Diego. And yeah, I was going to ask, how that, how was San Diego? Well, enough of that bullshit. No one wants to know that. But let me uh, tell you, I, I got you something. Oh. And you may like it or you may not like it. And if you don't like it, we'll give it away. And if you do like it, you'll keep it. And I'm not hurt feelings either way. So, <laughs> okay. uh, so here's what well, I gave you no instructions. No, you didn't say pick I me up. I didn't say pick up anything, so nope. I, I said, you know. said, you want anything? And you went like, oh, the things I want. I said. So there, there's oh, the bag, oh, I like, first I of love all. the bag, first of all. All right, well, you can describe the bag. To the the bag is great, because it's a, it's a lucky, it's a red bag. Yep. And it has a, a silhouette of Lucky Luke against uh, a moon. I'm Does gonna it have anything on the back? Why? I don't well, know. Why? There's another silhouette. Oh, it is. It says Lucky Lucky Luke. Yeah. Lucky Comics. Fantastic. All right, so inside the bag. Does that mean Lucky Luke is published? Yeah, this are, these are not Lucky Luke comics, by the way. So oh, no, my hopes lower are, your expectations. I, I assumed you had Lucky Luke comics <gasps> already. But I don't oh. know if you have these. 
Awesome. No, I do not. Okay. So you oh, can that's say, great. Say oh, up. sorry, everyone. This is uh, Ian has kindly got me two Valerian uh, comics. It looks like there's oh, and there's something inside. Oh, wow. we'll get to the Valerian comics okay. in a second. Why don't okay, you pull yeah, the yeah. things out? Oh my gosh. Okay, first he went and got Greg Evans all confused again by saying that I already like uh, Luann. Yep. And he's like a guy who likes Luann. In fact, he's so confused he put Lisa's name on it. I, well, it's a romantic he, picture. He just could not imagine. It's Brad marrying uh, Dakota. No, Tony. Uh, there's all the characters whose names I don't know. Mom and Dad. Puddles. Puddles. Puddles is even in the picture. Big Big Roy, uh, the professor. Where's Where's Luann? <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. Well, here's something that he told me, which is funny. This is the guy who created this strip. Yeah. So he whispered to me, "Tell Dave, I fucking hate Luann." Is that right? Yeah. Just tell him that. <laughs> anyway, I'm not even sure if I got you that once before, but no, it was, no, the, you, it was you didn't. It was what he had going on there. So That's it's great. a print of uh, that. And then underneath that, that another is... one is the family circus uh, yeah. from uh, Jeff Keen. Oh, you could, With a little drawing. Could get bills. Bill? No, they wouldn't dig Bill up. <laughs> and also, I felt that was rude to say to, that to the the guy's son. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's. I assume it's Billy. No, that's Jeffy, I believe. Let's oh, it's see. Jeffy. Can I take sorry? a look. I believe that. Oh no, that's Billy. I think you might be right. Okay, go ahead. It's Billy. Uh, he's wearing a Batman costume. Sure. Except. What's the problem? Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Yeah. He didn't close the drawer and left some clothes hanging out of it. I hate that. No. Uh, he... And then he went like, who left this drawer open? And he went, I don't know. And it turned out the whole place was fucking haunted. <laughs> Ghosts, specifically named ghosts. No, it's... Uh, uh, we, 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 Explain the joke so everyone really enjoys it. Yeah. it's. Uh, we said it was Billy, right? I, it probably is Jeffy, but go ahead. Or Jeffy. Okay, it's Jeffy. He's wearing, he's wearing a Batman costume. Only he doesn't have any black underwear. He's wearing white underwear. He says, Mommy, don't I have any black underpants? And he's wearing his underwear on the outside of his costume. Right. Which is silly because Batman doesn't <sighs> wear the underpant thing anymore. So get up to speed, Billy slash Jeffy. S- and then there's a little drawing uh, Jeff yeah. Keen did at the bottom of uh, nice. Jeffy. I love it. Because, you know, a lot of people put down Family Circus, but I always liked it a lot as a, as a young man. That's why I only got you those two guys. Because I went, hey, Dave likes these guys. I am a fan of Luann. Lord knows why. But anyway, also, let's move on from those. Those are great. I'll have to frame those. Yeah, those are basically your hang uh, up in my washroom. These, <laughs> these are... Uh, two Valerian books, which I do not have these Valerian books. This is awesome. Well, those are the two first ones. It's got kind of a Tintin thing on the back of like them in order. Well, that's weird because, see, I uh, the ones that I have, the ones yeah. that they released from Dargod back in the good old days were uh, Land Without Stars, Okay. Welcome to Alf Lalal, and then for some reason they skipped a book and released Ambassador of the Shadows. But Ambassador of the Shadows uh, is, uh, used, is all these books. The early books are all kind of dug into for the movie. So I'm curious to read these ones. Well, that's great. I think yeah, they do much. a Tintin thing on the back where they have all the books in order. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I checked that, and it looked like these were the first two. So I wasn't sure whether you had these ones already or not. But if you don't have them, uh, read them, and uh, read them in good help. Yeah. Uh, it's Actually, there's more. This one has a limited selection. This one has more of them on it. I don't know why what they did the that. What the hell is going on? And this one has different ones. There, there's quite a few books. They've been, they they uh, stopped publishing them, I think, in 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. Well, I got to listen to the Very Valerian podcast then and really catch up. Very on Valerian, that. yeah, that's right. Uh, there was an interesting, um, an interesting. I don't know if you know the Film Theorist. It's a YouTube channel, and um, they did one about showing the, uh, showing uh, parallels between Valerian and Star Wars, similar, oh okay, similar settings and costumes and stuff like that that were kind of borrowed or whether they were so borrowed what year or did whether Valerian uh, come out. Sixty. Like the book? First, first one was sixty-five. Okay. 
so yeah, quite a bit, quite a ways before uh, Star Wars. So I feel to, personally, I I kind of doubt that George Lucas knew Valerian. I think they were both series were drawing from similar traditions, that similar pulp traditions. You know, likely. I think he did borrow from uh, Kirby, but that's again because DC Comics were pretty mainstream then, and so you had all these all these names. You had a character named Darkseid for crying out loud, which will, by the way, I think be very strange when people see the Justice League movie and see a character called Darkseid and like, mm. why'd you name after the Darkseid? Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. weird. Mm. Does he fight the Force? Is that who <laughs> the guy is who yes. he's up against? That uh, makes no makes no sense. Uh, you're right. You're right. But I did go see the movie Valerian. Oh, you actually. have seen Valerian. Yeah, I did go to see All the right, film. All right, let's get your review. Uh, I I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. I'm a little mystified at a lot of the negative reviews that it's getting, other than the fact that it's a Luc Besson film, which I think if you go in with the expectations of seeing a Luc Besson film, then you will come out of it satisfied. If you go into it expecting to see anything but a Luc Besson film, then you will then you might have a few complaints. Um, there, you know, when we left, I I did say to to the to the girls that I felt. I felt that the relationship between the two characters, and even though the book was based, was very much ahead of its time in terms of like, you know, very much ahead of time in terms of like the role of women in the comics and stuff like that. The Lorleen has a has a very, you know, she's not like a secretary. She's not relegated to to following uh, Valerian around. She has as, as important a part of the team as he is, and that was kind of very forward at the time. Now, where are the books from? They're from France. They okay. were published. Yeah, they were part of. Uh, they're published in Pilote magazine. All right. And they, uh, there's two two guys who did them, uh, Jean Claude Messier, and then uh, the artist was this guy named Pierre Christian, who just did amazing like world building in his comics. And I could see when you look at them, and you go, you go, oh, gee, do they do that many over the time? They actually did when I look at the amount of books they wrote. But there's so much detail in them, like it really there was a lot for there was a lot for um, Brisson or Besson to draw from, and maybe that was a problem for him was was. There's so many stories that he loves to, to draw these different elements into the right. one, sort of knit them into one story. Now, the books themselves are, aren't called Valerian. They're called Valerian and... They were originally called Valerian, and then oh. they changed it to Valerian and Laureline. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because just to acknowledge the fact that they were both uh, pretty key characters. Okay, and where did the, when did that change happen? Uh, sometime in the late 60s. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. right. Fair enough. Uh, and I think... But I think the movie, they didn't... I guess maybe they thought it would be confusing. It was called Valerian and Laureline and the and City of a Thousand Planets. Yeah. Plus also Rockets. Plus also and Rockets hey, and, hey, hey, and Pigs. So the film itself, the film itself, first, just let's talk about the fact that most of the ads, and maybe I think this was a bit of a mistake, but most of the ads really played up the visuals, which are beautiful. Like it's a beautifully shot film. Like right. it's, and it's one of those films that like kind of bucks the trend of nowadays of having everything the color of gray. And it's this very colorful film. There's just tons of color. The opening sequence that explains the the uh, the creation of the Alpha Station, the city of a thousand planets. It's done to David Bowie's Space Oddity, and it's a really great sequence. And it's wordless, but it explains pr- perfectly, really well, exactly how this station came to be. This mm. place of not just humans, but of all the like all the universe's population, or, or much of the universe's population, all come have come together to form this this singular entity. All right. And it's a really beautiful sequence, really nicely done. Uh, and it's just the, you know, the special effects, this look like the CGI and stuff is just spawn on. Like it's just really well done. Like they did not, they, the, it's, I think it's supposed to have cost around over two, two hundred million dollars, which is very expensive because it's an independent production. It's not, it's not from any studio or anything like Luc Besson went around and borrowed money individually from various grandmothers phone people so they owed money for taxes and if they paid this amount 
you know, that he could help them, you know, smooth it was over that with. Calling it, you? Yes, one time? it turns out it was. I recognized his voice when I saw an interview. I was like, "Oh, that was Constable Ryan." <laughs> Uh, I wonder why I had a French accent. Bonjour, David. Hello, hello. <laughs> hello. You, just so you know, this is uh, Constable Ryan calling. <laughs> you are very behind in your taxes. Did I turn into a different accent at the end there? Anyway, it doesn't matter. He, uh, yeah, so he collected, he, he, and there's a lot of like tax credits, and he did all this kind of finagling to get this film made, mm-hmm. which is like, I think it's sort of a, a love, like a work of love for him. Like he loved, loved, loved these stories. Uh, obviously, love Mobius and Jodorowsky because the Fifth Element basically borrows the tons from the, I think, from the Inkle stories. But uh, this is like a straight-on. I admit, I am using the source material. Uh, when did Mobius actually work on the Fifth Element? Did he do some design work on it? I think he did. I think, yeah, I don't think he minded the fact that yeah. it was borrowing some. I'm not saying he was complaining. I'm thinking um, he was so not complaining that he worked on it. <laughs> uh, well, he was friends with Jodorowsky, yeah. right? Because they worked on Dune. They worked on the. Uh, the putative Dune movie And if together. I'm wrong, I'm so sorry. You could be wrong and right at the same time. When I saw the trailer for it, first of all, I thought, like, oh, that looks really pretty. Uh, and then I, 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 I went, you know, everything I've seen of the two leads, yeah. they're all being real sarcastic and are scowling. Like, I don't see them enjoying anything. That's... And I'm like, oh, that seems to be a bit of a mistake. Yeah. I wanna agree, I'm going to agree with you there. I'm gonna, that's my one issue with it, is it has a little bit of a, what I think of as a kind of a 60s take on on male female relations which is that the guy's a bit of a dog the girl's the girl's a bit of a i want to call a i'm gonna say bossy because that's kind of a mean way but you know like you want to like make sure that women or that people the readers know that this is not she's not a doormat so you kind of overcompensate the character and make her a little too pushy and so instead of it being like a, a working partnership it becomes kind of a i did this you did i do this i could do this as well as you and you know well, you know this is kind of you know he complains about her driving in the near the beginning of the film, yeah. you're kind of like mm. Mm. funny in the '60s. Yep. That was a good joke in the in the in the uh, graphic novel. Don't know if it flies nowadays because what? It was the basis of a whole Flintstones Why? episode that I'm sure does not uh, hold up well today. Why is it in the film? But you know, at the same time, like I say, it's a, a labor of love, and obviously he's yep. he has these things, elements that he loves about the books that he wants to like transport whole into the thing. And I will say that their their relationship is very. Even though there's some, even though there's some movie friction, it's it's very close. Mm-hmm. So it's not terrible. Like they don't spend all the time yelling at each other. And again, I haven't I haven't seen it. I do yeah. want to see it. I'll probably yeah. see it in the next couple of days. Uh, yeah, when I saw it, it looked like oh, they're very cool. These guys are very cool. And 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 to me, that mm. seems like a mistake sometimes to make your uh, characters in a space thing too. Cool. Let's let's not say cool. Let's say competent. Which I do like. I like the idea that they're good at their job. Oh, I like good at your job. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. But then you gotta like you got you gotta undercut it a little bit. Like you look at like it's more playful than cool. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, it's more playful than cool, which works and doesn't work in a way. And when you see the film, I'll talk 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 with you about a scene that I'm not I'm not that happy with at the beginning, even though it has a great set piece at the start of the film. There's one element of it that I thought didn't really didn't really hit me too. You know, didn't it seemed like it was kind of needlessly cruel in a way. Like, okay. You know, it's kind of like, we can just dump these characters, and you're like, no, why would you? Uh. I, think, I think also just audiences have a little bit of a problem with sci-fi. You gotta, they, you really got to hold them by the hand and take them, take them in with like some sort of, some sort that's, of way in. You that's, know? What I, that's where I, exactly where I think the movie went a little wrong, and, and not telling us what the movie's about. Like, I think we've all seen the trailers, yeah. so we know that it looks beautiful. Yeah, it looks like you really should get high and watch this movie. That's <laughs> what it looks like yeah, yeah. And, at the planetarium. Mm-hmm. Like, lie back, and yeah, you yeah. Know, there's no smoking allowed. That includes cigarettes. Ha, 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 ha. Guy who runs the planetarium with that joke that he's been doing for 30 years. <laughs> and then play the movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That would, well, I don't know if I'd 
I'd be appreciate that. But it would be fun to watch in a setting like that. It's um, yeah, it's a very sumptuous film. The and like I say, the visuals are great. It's it's um, some people said it felt long. I didn't think it felt long at all. Like it, it is very long. It's two hours and twenty minutes. But once again, it's two hours and twenty minutes of a movie that he had to get so much. Oh, the stuff I love so much about this. We gotta have this part. We gotta have this part in it. We just gotta, because <laughs> this is so great. Yeah. You know, so it has a lot of has elements of that. The 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 main kind of framework is is original. It borrows elements of of the novels that I've read. I could see different elements that he had sort of taken from them and incorporated into the different stories and in different ways. So it you know it, but it's. That's good. I really, I really enjoyed it. I would watch it again, to be sure. honest. Yeah. I was always like, uh, I was sad that that uh, John Carter movie didn't do better. But I, that, but I that was good. Yeah, and I thought it was a good film too. And you know, the I, I think they downplayed, unfortunately, the western elements off the top, which might have gotten more people in. But oh, I, yeah, I, westerns are such a big genre in the films nowadays. Well, I think there's, I think you got to ground it. With Wait, something. did I sound sarcastic when I said that? I didn't mean to. Okay. I was being genuine. <laughs> I mean, we've talked before about, you know, why I think uh, Walking Dead started off so well was because the poster was a cowboy basically on a horse. Yeah. You know, with yeah. a gun. But, but riding in a city. so that Riding gave it, in a city, yeah. That gave it a sense of... Because yeah. it's the cowboy fighting the city, mm-hmm. which people like. It's like, oh, I get it. The grounded cowboy, he's going up against, oh, yeah, yeah. city folk. Good. Get him. You know, there's a bit of that. And if you're city folk, you're like, I don't care. It's zombies. I'll watch that. Uh, but, like, that's the thing. You know, it's the cowboy. Okay, what's he doing? He's going to space. Oh, all right, I'm I'm in you. Uh, let's let's see this movie. Uh, but unfortunately, it was just like, hey, there's uh, all this crazy space stuff. Eh. I, I think people have don't don't really read sci-fi as much. They don't. Yeah. You know, they're not picking up Omni magazine. They, you know. <laughs> they need a they need a hook. They need a hat to hand the hang their interest in the film on. Right. So you have to show the story. And, and John Carter, one thing John Carter did, which was stupid, was not give the full title John Carter of Mars yeah. which I understand thematically why they did that because the story opens with him not of Mars right it's the origin story of John Carter of Mars so we can carry on telling you more of these fabulous stories about John Carter of Mars oh and we it can't? ends with John Carter of Mars huh yeah it's like too late too late too late I, I, yeah. I'm with you I saw the movie yeah I enjoyed the film myself. I enjoyed the film people yeah. who, I see, very few people I know who saw the film yeah what eh you know, but, it's like, but there's that's a problem. Very few people saw the film, right? So there's very few, little, very little pool to draw from for the. So then you get rating. something like you know, I look, I try to look at the sci-fi movies that have done well, and I look at something like a Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. you know, which was you know starts immediately with something really grounded and yeah, just like, yeah. You know, it starts with your up ending, you know, which is a down ending, uh, or down opening. Sorry, up, uh, up opening, uh, and uh, it's sad and whatever. Okay, we're grounding it. Now we're bringing in the sci-fi. Now we're hitting you with some music yeah. and everything. Every step of the way, it's holding your hand and going, it's okay. It's going to be okay. We know what we're doing. We're going to have some fun. All right. We're just doing a car escape. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. We're going to introduce you to some weird concepts, but it's okay. It's just in a mall. We all understand it. So you get to introduce this world a little bit at a time, and here you yeah. are. Yeah. And they and they pulled it off. And I'm looking at like the trailer for the new Thor film. Speaking of things that are finally in color. Oh, man. It's just nice to see color in a like, superhero type movie. Yeah, it's just, yeah. like, just fucking color yeah. everywhere. It's like yeah. so. It's so beautiful. But you couldn't have gotten to this crazy ass idea for the third film without really leading people by the hand through the through the other movies it's just too wow. it's just too much i think leading by the hand and then dragging them through glass <laughs> would be the description of the thor the thor movie process yeah mm-hmm. this one this one just looks uh just looks well amazing. you know we're fans of the the director so it makes it really easy to to anticipate this film you know like it's the only thor film i've ever looked forward to them releasing to be oh, honest with right? you like when they said they were gonna do a thor movie i wasn't like hooray finally <laughs> thor but no, I was like, how when are you, you going to do this? When you said Waika Tatiti is going to direct it, then I was like, oh, well, now you've got my interest. And then you see 
and then you see the trailer and go, I don't know if you've seen the trailer, if you're a trailer seer. I've seen the one trailer. Yes. That's all I need. But then you go, oh, you're having some fun. Mm -hmm. Ah. Fun fun and and effective looking drama and amazing visuals as well. Yeah. And if you're a fan of Kirby, really Mm -hmm. dropping a lot of Kirby. Yeah, yeah. Like in the background, little things, you're like, okay, here we go. Here we go. Now we're talking. Yeah, and it feels very intentional. It feels like he's not... uh, He's not... Do we leave a window open? It's very noisy. But yeah, anyway. let me shut the windows right now. <laughs> Talk to our uh, audience about why you're the port of this movie. Well, of course, as everyone knows from our uh, four-hour-long uh, movie favorite movie list thing we did a little while ago is that I chose Kate Blanchett as, as my favorite actress. I have to say my favorite modern actress. That's what it should have been because my favorite old-timey actress was... Um, was that actress who I love so much that I can't... No, Barbara Stanwyck would Mary be my... No, it's a little too old timey. Uh, Barbara Stanwyck would be my my actress of of choice as uh, old timey. Dustin Hoffman uh, as uh, as that lady. Tootsie. Yeah. No. Okay. That's still kind of modern. So it's pretty modern. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, Kate Blanchett. Uh, like she just looks great in the film, and, mm-hmm. and her the little scene in the trailer where she crushes his hammer like like it's a a piece of chalk, and then kind of gives a kind of a surprised smile. Yeah. Like really well done. Like like I just feel like. I feel like it's a playground for for him, for the director, and that he's going to really take advantage of this. And if you don't know who we're talking about, Waiko Taititi, uh, when um, when our ne- our neighbor across the hall was on the show, man, I'm having trouble with names today. Robin. Robin, yeah, Robin Bucci was on the Could show. Also have been James. It was Robin when Robin yeah. was on the show. Uh, he recommended uh, what we do in the shadows, uh, a vampire documentary from New Zealand, and then we then we saw it, and we said, oh, I'm this person's really funny, Waiko Taititi. Then he did this fabulous film called uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, mm-hmm. which here in Canada is available on Netflix. I don't know if it's on Netflix oh, okay. in the States, but if it, have you seen? Yeah. Hunt? Yeah, yeah. It's a great film. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, so he's going to be directing Thor Ragnarok. And so when we heard that, of course, but then we got really excited because we loved these movies. And, you know, and then they did those little uh, Thor interstitials with Thor with his roommate, <laughs> you know, and that, you know, just seemed to really tell you where the, where, you know, they're going. And it feels like, you know, you said they had to lead people by the hand to get them to this Thor, but I also feel like we needed to have Guardians of the Galaxy one and two succeed so, you know, so much to allow humor to to be a part of the the Marvel universe. Hmm. You know, okay. like you don't want to have too much humor. Like too much quipping is bad, I think, in movies. And then there is a a YouTube video I was watching a little while ago, and they were pointing out the fact that having it's something about the problem with bathos in movies or bathos maybe that's called bathos is that uh over joking it's when you don't allow an emotional moment okay so rather than have a true emotional moment you then you joke it off so the example he gives is after in dr strange after the master has died that's the name of the or the old one or whatever the ancient one the ancient one spoilers by the way okay go ahead okay i'm sorry sorry everyone the mentor dies in a in a movie the in the origin one, yeah. movie i'm sorry okay. uh the um there's uh, the scene where Doctor Strange's uh, cape comes in and it wipes away the tears mm-hmm. from his face. So it's a sort of a jokey moment after a serious moment, and that's that's bathos or bathos, where All you right. you don't allow for you don't allow the audience to to have the feeling of sadness for too long. What is you want to you want to like move on. What is it when you got like a Guardians of the Galaxy and they play uh, a T for the Tillerman song for forever just to get every last tear out of you? What's that? When you just go, I know it's pathos, but like it's just, <laughs> and they just go and they just keep going and they just keep going and they just keep going and yeah, they'll drain you. They also, uh, they also have a occasionally slip into to uh, Bethos as well. There's a scene where 
all the, they're sitting around in the spaceship talking. They have this sort of serious thing, and then the raccoon gets, "All right, we're all standing," and whatever you know. And he, so he kind of takes away that emotional moment. But by... it felt real. That felt real. Like he's a guy who will sure. not, who's afraid of feelings. Like that's his whole thing. Is like if he feels too much love, he's going to undercut it and whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the can... movie doing it; yeah. it's the character doing it. And to me, that that worked fine. Also, because uh, people stand in fucking circles in movies all the time. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. Why are you always standing in a circle like that's a perfect right. circle? It's true. I mean, I mean, like a bunch of idiots. So now like... the next time anyone stands in circles, you're like, ah, like a bunch of idiots. I guess, but yeah. I mean, it works because the reason they do that in movies is because it's a, a quick and easy way to have a a four person shot where you don't have to worry about having oh, to. Sure, have... sure how you're going to frame that this picture like you yep. can't you know now now what what he's done is made it much harder for people directors to film although you can get around it you can get around it if you're smart if you're smart mm-hmm. all are are all directors smart and uh, if you're not smart uh, then uh, you get to whatever justice league things coming up though bless joss <laughs> whedon for trying his best on this good good luck good luck buddy there, man so oh, many... he was just editing it though wasn't he i mean he just kind of we'll see he just kind of carried the ball there, to the end okay well it's not even ca- not carrying the ball to the end they're still doing reshoots man oh is he doing yeah, reshoots, major right reshoots yeah like a lot oh wow a lot of reshoots so uh there but that's not necessarily him or zach snyder no not necessarily i mean it just means just they DC, didn't have a plot. It's a DC it means way. They didn't have a plot, is what it means. It's a DC way. Uh, my uh, someone I know, I'm not going to say who it is, uh, works on the set of the Flash, uh, the TV show. And when I was in San Diego, I took a picture of the costume of the movie Flash. Yeah. And sent it uh, to them, and they showed it around to the TV folks, and they all went, "What the hell is that? That's a bunch of nonsense." <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> That's too much business on there. It is. Why do you need all this? Yeah. It was like in the comics where they recently redesigned Superman's outfit and gave him knee pads. Who's the one guy who shouldn't have (laughs) knee pads? First of all, armor. No. No need. Yeah. Knee pads. What? (laughs) Why? why? It's cooler. Why are you crawling? He's skateboards. He's skateboarding. When he's he's riding on his razor. You know what? I like the idea of skateboard Superman. Mm -hmm. Just those two words together do go together very, very well. (laughs) I like it. You can have it. All right. Well, I free. No, I'm not taking it. You free. take it back. You uh, you you go forward on. It. So uh, so those two those two books. What are the what are the titles of these two books? Oh, I'm sorry. The That's the okay. first book is the City of Shifting Waters. Okay. And the second book, which looks like New York City, by the way, Chrysler Building. Uh, the second book is called Empire of a Thousand Planets. Ah, uh, Empire Strikes Back. What a rip off! Rip off of George rip Lucas. Off. Boo! We all saw Star Wars stealing in the '60s ideas <laughs> from the future. Oh, but the, you know what, Dave? Those yeah. stories, the Star Wars stories, might go like they came later, but they didn't. They happened a long time ago in a oh, galaxy far, far here's away. Here's a so funny thing predate. in the back of this book. What's going on? What am I looking at here? I got like a silhouette Con- happening because convergence of or borrowing. Ah. Uh, the Land Without Stars. There's uh, Laureline. Forced oh, to wear a they're comparing forced to, to wear Wars. a metal bikini. Yeah. Nineteen eighty three, Return Return of the Jedi. Empire of a Thousand Planets, nineteen seventy one. Here's uh Valerian encased in a block of uh of uh some, some sort, sort of see through some sort of see through metal. The Empire Strikes Back, nineteen eighty. Hmm, interesting. How about the uh, look of the other spaceship? There it is right there. Yeah. Millennium Falcon. Okay. Yep. They're flying saucers. Yep. Uh, fancier flying saucers, I'll give you that. Here is the reveal of the character who's in a mask in yep. uh Oh, they're very burnt, sim- yeah, yeah. Both, both burnt. Okay. There's some similar. There's some, and then this character, this uh, guy's got a long nose. Ambassador of the Shadows. And 1975, and then the Phantom Menace. And who's in the Phantom Menace with a long nose? Uh, I can't remember that name of the character. Oh, uh, Greedo. No, Greedo's the character. Not Greedo. In, uh, uh, Burpo. Gummo. <laughs> Gum- uh, Gummo, yes. Waspo. Anyway. Uh, Guado. Blatto. It's odd. Whoever the guy that owns Darth Vader when he's a kid. 
Boy, that guy got away with murder, didn't he? You were uh, the slave owner of Darth Vader, and he never comes back at you for revenge. Good for you. Watto. That's his name. Watto. Watto. Um, yeah. I, hey, what I, are you doing? It's me, Watto. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, I'm a flying bug. Hey, I own you and your mother. Hey, man, man, Watto. Why didn't people get bothered by Watto? But you know what? I bet if you look back on, uh, you know, old, you know, uh, Flash, Flash Gordon or uh, Buck Rogers movies, I bet I could find you some similarities to things that are also in, uh, also in these stories. You know, if you're looking for a uh, saucer-shaped uh, ship yeah. that's flying through space, sure. I bet I could, I could get Oh, it. yeah. Like I say, I think they're just drawing. A metal bikini? Like, to be fair, mm-hmm. the bikini hasn't been around that long. Mm-hmm. But, you know, someone, someone, someone I, more I, metal. I, like, I agree. I, to me, personally, and when they talked to the author, he felt, this, th- felt the same way. He said, you know, we're drawing from a similar tradition, you know. He had no problem with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, wanted to give a little shout out. Uh, we saw, our, uh, well, we, not we, me, uh, saw our listener, uh, Marcus, when I was in uh, San Diego. Very nice to meet him and his boyfriend. Uh, came to a panel I did and nice. uh, said hi, hi afterwards, which was very, very pleasant. That's nice. Did they talk to you long or just, just give you a flying? Oh, I blew them off. I just was like, Bleh. <laughs> sorry, fellas. I got things to do. Typical Ian. Yep. Then I saw like a celebrity go by and I was like, I'm with him. And I just walked <laughs> side by side until his bodyguard pushed me away. <laughs> <laughs> but that happened a while away later, so it was all right. Okay, okay. No, I did talk for a little while. Okay. Hopefully, okay. it was long enough. Uh, yeah. You know, I had to go and uh, meet Pia after that. But mm. yeah, we had a nice talk, and they, uh, they, they, it was nice of them to come to the panel. It was a nice sure. panel, by the way, for the Mongo panel. Well, the way I'm feeling right now is only one listener showed up. Uh, that, that had seems... the nerve to come up and oh, say, that's, that's exactly right. Or, there probably were what, more there. Or were so disappointed that you weren't there that just went, well, if Dave was here, <laughs> I'd, I'd go say hi. But, you know, bleh. it is my. Look, Garfunkel's here. <laughs> it is my role. <laughs> it is my role in, in, our, in, our, in our enterprise here to not be present. That seems to be the, yep. my, my that's place. That's why they call you Silent But Deadly. <laughs> silent But Dedrick. Yep. Because I believe the actual. The Invisible Man. <laughs> Where is he? Well, you know. You know, he's got no things to do. No one knows. He's in the wind. Got stuff on the go. You know, I'm a busy man. I got things I got to do. I got a got a chicken living in the backyard. I got to look after a chicken. Okay, I want to hear more about this. That's a weird pull. Is What's, it or poulet? Does that seem, <laughs> does that seem odd that I would bring that up? Okay, well, listen. Well, I'm in a neighborhood. Listen. I'm in a neighborhood yep. that does have a chicken in it. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a chicken that lives like two blocks from me that I pass on the way when I'm going oh. to the track to do a By little over. One chicken? Uh, it's got a couple of chickens, oh, but you know, I good. see the one chicken the most. Yeah, those, yeah. So I'm more personally involved with there's, this one chicken. <laughs> there's usually, there's usually one that's more a little more forward than the other chicken. Yeah, he's uh, you know he's, uh, he's handing out business cards. He's really pushing himself. He wants to make himself better. He wants to be a swan. I he, I'm, I keep telling him you can't be a swan, but uh, he seems nice. So why do you have a chicken in the backyard? Now? It's a it's a long story. It involves my my older daughter Mary. You know what? Take a long time telling it. Oh, th- thank you. Uh, I was my older daughter, Mary, and uh, she left her job. Uh, she was working for, at a camp on an island. That was just for chickens. Just for chickens, yeah. So they had well, they had, they had some chickens there. But well, this is not even related to those chickens. Oh, that what was an unrelated was, chicken. This was an unrelated chicken incident because there was another person who worked there. Okay. And he decided that it would be a good idea for them to buy a bunch of broiler chickens. Okay. And then slaughter them, like raise them, and then slaughter them for meat. And, you know, we could do it. It's easy. Which I don't know why anyone would think that, but anyhow, so they raised these chickens. He chick- had slaughtered chickens in the past. No, okay. no. So <laughs> okay. they got these chickens. Yep. I think they got around thirty chickens. I'm gonna say thirty chickens. I could be off by ten in either direction. I, I don't know exactly okay. how many. That's... They got thirty chicks. I guess I should say. Okay. They raised them. They raised them till they were 
you know, of an age. Yep. And then age they, of consent. Age of consent. Where they can <laughs> consent to being slaughtered. That's right. They all signed a form. Well, they put them on one of those things That's where right. the chicken like picks a number, That's say right. yes or no, yeah, yeah. and the ones that that, pl- that hit yes, yeah. you go like, well, they've given their consent. We asked a confusing question. Do you not consent to be killed? Yeah. What? What am I answering? Ness? Chicken that wants to be killed says cluck. Cluck? All right. Mark that off. So, but here's the thing. Some of the chickens had personalities and got names. So those chickens Can't name them. mysteriously escaped the mass, let's call it suicide, <laughs> because they all walked through the door. No, I, they, they, uh, you know, they were slaughtered. They had a system they, because when you turn a chicken upside down, it, it, it uh, goes into a, a relaxed state. Yeah. So they would flip them and put their head down through like a bleach bottle that had the spout cut off right. so that the head would fit through and they could sit in there. And they had a couple of these and then they would just proceed to like murder yes. them. <laughs> You know, kill them for, for right. And so they were, they were uh, slaughtered, uh, plucked, and then cleaned. You yeah. know, and then frozen for for food. Okay. So they're all eaten. All right. Uh, except for a few of them, they did a bunch. And I think it's one of those things in your in life where you're kind of like, this'll be easy. Right now, was and this then, involving your daughter? Was your daughter part of? She the... was part of this. Yes. Okay. She was not the the ringleader of this gang, but she was uh, definitely okay. definitely part of the the. The, she was she, the Smee. She was the, the Smee of this operation. Of the Captain Hook's crew. <laughs> she took a part of it, uh, and so, and so, yeah. I think they did a bunch of them, and then they kind of it wore on them, and they stopped. Then they did a few more at a later date, but they just could not bring themselves right. to finish off Noisy, BB or Beast, the King, and I can't remember the other names of these these chickens and roosters. Yeah. So the smart chickens in the future yeah. buy their own name tags. That's right. Just if put you're them smart, on. if you're smart, you will have a personality. Steve. <laughs> if you want to live, here's a lesson for everyone in life. Is he called Jesus? Well, it's Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. But he just feels it'll make it more difficult. Yeah. yeah. Or more elaborate, his death. Um, and if you eat him, he really comes back on you. <laughs> when, uh, yeah, it's just a good lesson in life is if be friendly and hopefully people won't kill you. Yeah, I gotcha. Now, the point of uh, wanting... Okay, so was it to make some money? Is nope. that the idea? They just did it for their, just for themselves. For the experience? I don't think it was for the experience. Just they got chicken meat. Okay. He's a cook. Fair enough. So... All right. It's part, you know... I guess when I when I hear about people doing that, like, I get it for the eggs, because, you know, eggs keep... There's more eggs, and then more eggs come, yeah. and then more eggs come. Sure. And eventually, this is good value, and that, this made all sense. Yeah, now you got yeah, lots yeah. of eggs. Sure. Uh, fantastic. Sure. This all works out. Uh, but to me, with chickens, yeah, oh, the amount of work. Yeah, so it seems put like into, it's. So, I mean, chicken is so inexpensive, so inexpensive. Mm-hmm. You know that is you know time versus effort versus <laughs> oh my poor heart. Yes. doing this. Yeah, yeah, doing this deed. Yeah, you yeah. know, I couldn't do it. I'll be honest with you, I could not. Yeah, I don't think I. I don't think I could do it. I don't. I, don't, no, I shouldn't say I couldn't do it. It's something I would want to do, but at the same time, if you have the option not to, if you have the option not to, but at the same time, if you. If you're going to eat meat... Yeah, no, I got it. Then, oh, by the way, a siren just went by, and uh, what was that? You're right. It was it was a vet that just went by. <laughs> very concerned. Heard some news. No, that was uh, that was a, an ambulance. Please continue. I know we have listeners who are vegetarians. Yeah. And are probably upset to hear... I've been, hear I've been vegetarian news. in the past for periods of time. Okay. Yep. Uh, pescatarian as well. And uh, pescatarian. Yeah. Hmm. Presbyterian. The... Yeah, those almost sound alike. That's true. <laughs> it's an illness. I'm sorry, but it's just an illness. I can't help it. Uh, no, I just feel like I don't feel like you have to. I think it's 
you know, and I don't feel like people who do this are better than people who eat meat and have never slaughtered an animal. That's uh, kind of a silly way to look at the world. But at the same time, you know, if you think that that's important to like understand the food making process, yep. you know, then so you can make a choice later on. Go about at it. What you yeah. want to do and what you want to do. Yeah. I think it's I think it's interesting that I'm just gonna go I'm just gonna go biblical for a second here. I think it's interesting that a lot of the early like sacrificial practices of the Jews were in order to say thank you to the animals that were being killed. So there was an idea of that you were eating them and then you would sacrifice one that you didn't eat. You just that one went to God, and that was a way of saying thank you to the animals for their sacrifice for you for you. And I think you know that seems like a you know, if people are going to eat meat, then we have to at least acknowledge what we're what we're about. And, and I, our culture really separates us from I, that reality. I, I, no, I understand that reality. I'm just thinking, like, if you were the sorry, I'm going to because I'm a jokester. Uh, if you're the second sheep, <laughs> yeah, who's just going, hey, you know, a better way to say thanks to me would be <laughs> well, let me go. <laughs> but I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I, don't I think, hear what you're saying. I think hey, it's like, an you know, I'm the I'm the one you're not going to eat. So yeah. Uh, what a life I got! I'm gonna huh? get. I'm just gonna get burned. That's right. I'm just gonna get killed and burned. Because they would splat. Like they, they, they just didn't slaughter them. They would splash blood on the altar, and yeah, sure. like it was a real gory a mess. There was no TV. It's a gory mess. There was no TV. <laughs> that's right. You had to make your own fun. Sure. Nowadays, you watch your Game of Thrones and you see the splashy, bloody yeah, thing. Yeah, that's right. I think people always are in the mood to see the mm-hmm. insides on the outside. That's right. And so there's your horror movies and whatever. But back then, mm-hmm. you had that. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so anyway, so a couple of the chickens uh, survived into adulthood. Now, the problem is they're broiler hens. Now, what's the problem with that? Well, the problem is, is that they're basically designed, they're kind of like replicants in Blade Runner. Like, they have a, they're designed to have a limited lifespan. They're basically, okay. they're designed to get really big. They're too big to really and then function get, as chickens. Yeah, so th- these chickens, you know, they're a little more rangy because they've been, you know, outdoor, walking around. Bummed around Europe for a while. Europe. That's right. They went on a, went on a uh, kind of a vision quest. Yep discovered themselves you know what they discovered they're chickens it's a long way to go for that I realization I, I pluck i pluck no i don't think they pluck i, I cluck. cluck oh i cluck i'm sorry yeah. so um they met a pig on there who said i oink therefore i ham as well mm-hmm. see i could be a dad it's an illness <laughs> nothing you can do about it yep this is this is how it works uh so anyway mary um left her job and she didn't want to leave behind her pet chicken noisy who's the last surviving of these, uh, last surviving one of these of these chickens that they you had. You would think Noisy wouldn't make the cut and be the last of the survivors. If there was a chicken called Noisy, that's like an early go. She, she's a friendly chicken. Oh, I understand she's friendly just from her name. But I, here's the thing though, <clears throat> I'm actually <laughs> not, so hungry. I'm not actually that fond of like turkeys are worse. Turkeys to me are the worst bird thing you can ever see. Well, if I was Ben Franklin, I would argue with you. Like it? Why? Because he loved turkeys and wanted it to be the national bird. He just liked to eat them. No, no, no. He yeah. thought it was a he was, thought it was a noble bird. It was more intelligent than the eagle. Uh, he did a whole uh, essay about how uh, we should, should have gone with the turkey instead of no. Uh, he's dumb. Eagle. He's dumb. That's what everyone say about Ben Franklin. What a dumb, dumb, dumb. He's a big dumb. He might. It might have been right after he got hit by lightning. So yeah. Who knows? Hey, you know, it's great. Fucking turkeys are awesome. Uh, anyway, to be fair, am I magnetic? To be fair, he yeah. was a columnist. I was probably just looking to fill inches. Like, he didn't sure. really have any dog in the race Did at all. Did that whole big thing about how he liked to have sex with older ladies? <laughs> Did he? Yep. You got to read more Well, ben wait Franklin. a second. What? I'm going to listen. Well, he just liked the turkey oh, neck, though, oh, to be oh, fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sensing a theme. Oh. Anyway, so. Uh, also, when you look like Ben Franklin, you mm, can't be fussy. Mm-hmm. So there's something kind of, I don't know, there's something foreboding about going into your backyard. 
and you open your gate. Yeah. And you can't see. You know, there's a chicken, but you can't see it. Yeah. You're looking around. You're like, chicken? Is it over my head? Is it like? And then you hear this, like this little, kind yeah. of little noise, but you can't see where it is. Yeah. It's somewhere on the corner. It's got a knife. Oh, it's got a knife. I think so. Okay. I haven't seen it. Well, there's a crow, but I'm pretty there's sure. a crow in Vancouver called Canuck who does have a knife. <laughs> pretty so sure. So we're used to that. And so, uh, yeah. It's, so I basically, I, I get to the gate, open the gate, run from the gate to my to my studio, open the door as quickly as I can, and then get inside and lock the door. Right. So you I have don't want yourself any I don't a little mini Jurassic Park going on Yeah, right yeah. There. That's right. Exactly right. You're right. And then, and then when you see that yeah. the uh, chicken is there actually at your desk, you go, clever girl. <laughs> Well, that was, and then just blood hits the windows. <laughs> Clever girl. The um, yeah. Last night, I I actually had my windows open last night because I don't know if you knew this, but it's been hot out lately. How hot was it? It was hot enough to go. I said I opened my windows. Mm. What? Not no. Okay, wait. I know you're not a joker. I understand. <laughs> Turned on my fan. Open the window. Okay. I'm working away. Then I hear it. <laughs> I turn. Lisa is holding the chicken through the window. No. No, I don't need to see that. I don't want a big dumb chicken looking in my window. Get that out of here, that chicken. I'm okay with it living with us. I just don't want it. Oh yeah, they got creepy eyes. Me. Creepy eyes. Creepy eyes. Creepy face. Creepy dinosaur creepy, eyes. Creepy yeah. legs. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Creepy around. But you you deep down know that this thing could evolve and become a dinosaur again they, if you give it like half a chance, and then it's just gonna eat you. They're good for one thing: buffalo wings, and that is it. Then you throw away the rest of the meat. I don't want to know about you it. You really are a bad guy to be taking a broiler <laughs> chicken in. So the, our plan now, though, is um, we're going to build, uh, uh, currently, Mary and, and a friend of, of hers are building a, uh, a chicken coop right. and a little run. And we're going to get two more chickens so that Noisy isn't by herself. Okay. It's unfair. It's be then sad you're going to recreate her. scenes from your favorite movie, Chicken Run. That's right. Okay. That's right. Now, you've got uh, a couple of dogs and a cat. How do these guys feel about this chicken in the backyard that they Yeah, I don't eat? really know. They the cat. Like I really would feel like the cat it it's a it, that's it's, a tough fight. It's a tough fight. I don't think the cat's up for, I don't think Reese is up for it. And Reese is a hunt, huntress. Yeah. She will hunt. It's just too big. But it's but your dogs, it's not worth it. Your dogs could take this thing out and have a real nice meal. Yeah. Like, I'm just wondering like how Al feels about this. Al seems fine. Al's not Al's a big baby. I don't oh, I say, I say Have I explained Al to you? Here, look at this picture of Al. Here, I gotta find oh, this. Oh sure, over. I'd like to see a picture of Al. Al is like the biggest, the biggest uh, soft boiled egg going. I understand, but it's a chicken. Like a, it's, it's, you know, a, a pit bull versus he's a pit bull, right? Like he's a pit bull versus a chicken. Pit bull's gonna win that fight. Al must know that deep in his soul that should it come down to it, he could have a chicken dinner if this, uh, this went down. You, you think that, um, you think he's a, you think pit bull, you think scary, right? No, I just think he's got the ability to eat a chicken. That's all I think. Hmm. What do you think? Sorry, my trying to get to this. Uh, no, that's okay. Image here is this is this sad object? What you think of? <laughs> well, I'll put post this Please on the, post I'll this post this on like, Facebook uh, so people can yeah. see it. Okay. Is that is that gonna? I would. My money would be on the chicken. You're right. <laughs> there you go. This was from because he ate he ate his sister's food in the morning. He ate the cat food in the morning. Oh, and he feels guilty. No, he got a sore tummy. He threw up. He's not supposed to be eating cat food. He's a dog. They don't eat dog food, not cat food. Let me flesh out now. Is that? And by the way, to do that, he had to climb onto a table. So. Okay. Well, we need updates, by the way. On well, okay, we got sirens going by. So if that does go by, we'll identify what it is. And it's it's an ambulance again. Come on, it's, it's always an ambulance. <laughs> uh, what what we what, what I would like is yeah. I would like updates on this. I would like pictures of the chicken. Okay. As you build the chicken run, we need to see this. Mm-hmm. Forget deck talk. This is chick talk. Chick talk. Okay, I like okay. it. Chick okay. track. <laughs> 
So chick check, okay. Okay, there we go. Okay, that's good. So we so we got that going on. Yeah. Oh man, I want to talk about so many various things now because it was like kind of a Jack T. Chick guy in uh, San Diego. Oh, okay. But, but I would like to that. just before I do that, I mentioned briefly Canuck the Crow. Are you familiar with Canuck? Yes, the I am Crow? familiar with Canuck the Crow. Do you, have you heard about Canuck's uh, summer job? Uh, I don't know. Okay, Canuck the Crow. He you you can tell who Canuck is because he's got a little uh band around his leg. It's yeah. a little orange band, and he's famous for having pictures of him holding a knife. Yes, you know he will pick up a knife if he sees a knife. Mm-hmm. All right, but he's also a very friendly crow with people. Yeah. Now, uh, and he sometimes goes to weddings and crashes weddings, and people get the picture taken with the crow at the wedding, and yeah, he has a good yeah. time, and he enjoys it. He, he's uh, what you would call a character. He is a real character, yeah. but he is taken now, because he likes to go where the people are, so he is taken to going to Playland. Okay. And hanging around Playland. And so uh, what they've done is they've hired him now. Okay. So he's on salary. Yes. Uh, he'll wander around. He'll go through doors. If he's at the door, people will open the door for him because he's got the run of the place. Yes. He'll check stuff out. He will uh, hang around with people, take take selfies. Uh, and uh, they, they're giving his salary to a bird rescue organization. Is it Owl? No, I don't think it's Owl. It's okay. another bird rescue organization. Okay. I do. Owl does do some very good work. Uh, but yeah, so he's he's actually got a summer job. You know, he can leave anytime he wants. He's a crow. He can fly away. <laughs> but he seems to be having a good time, and he's socializing with well, all What is he doing? People. What is his job? Uh, his job is he, like, wanders around uh, Playland. Yeah. Uh, and uh, everyone talks to him. Yeah. Hangs out. So he usually goes, like, to the food kind of area. And sure, then he sure. goes, like, where people are hanging out. Yeah. And some, uh, sometimes he'll hang out with the guys running rides and yeah. stuff. Yeah. He just hangs around wow. and does check stuff out. Crow well, business. I hope he's still working during the P&E. Oh, I'm sure he will be. Yeah, yeah I can't see why he would be. Uh, no, I don't know his schedule. He might he might have other mm-hmm. things booked. Okay. But anyway, if you get, if you happen to come to Vancouver and go to Playland and you see a crow with a little uh, orange band, uh, that's the deal. It's connected yeah, to crow, yeah. and he actually works there. He is the only bird employee they have ever had, but he is on the books. If you do come to uh, Playland, then you should visit Connect the Crow, but also go on our fabulous wooden roller coaster, which is a legitimately scary roller coaster. Absolutely. And one day it'll break. Will it break for you? We'll see. <laughs> It's one of those ones where, as you go up, you look at it and you go, "Is this? Does this meet any safety requirements? Like, is there any like OSHA or it whatever?" It was built like, before CSA? human life mattered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, I guess so. people have the same value in their lives as chickens. Yeah. In fact, it used to be ridden by chickens. It's, it was how we slaughtered chickens. We slaughtered chickens. They would have their time. heads just above, and they just have a little wire. <laughs> and as they went down, it would just that go, is foo, ab- foo, foo, foo. That is and absolutely And they'd immediately go into a deep fryer. Uh-huh. And they got rid of the fryer, got rid of the wire, and just made it into yeah. a roller coaster. They placed the wire with a camera. <laughs> Take our picture as we go down the big hill after the other hill. Isn't it? I think that they placed them rather well because you have the big hill, and then you zoom up, and then you have that little kind of resting moment of, of the plateau. As you curve around the corner, and then you hit that other, even bigger hill, and that's when they get you with the camera. This is you you realize what you're in for. It's a really good moment. Uh, we have pictures of the girls, oh, nice uh, both one. girls, in their first ride on the on the roller coaster. Oh, that's great. Well, they don't think so. Uh, if you come to San Diego uh, one year, and I think you will, wear flowers uh, in your hair. Wear flowers in your hair. Oh my God! Every year with that. <laughs> um, what I always like doing is going around back of the convention. Okay. You never know what's going to be there. And this, one year. When one year, yeah, it was a replica of Gotham City with a zip line above it. Oh, and neat. And you could, like, zip line through Gotham you City. You could be Batman. You could be Batman. And that same one, they had giant Homer Simpson head that you could go in and watch Simpsons cartoons. But they also had, like, an amusement park. Set, not an amusement park, but, you know, like, fairground where you uh, could shoot balloons or oh, okay. do all those like games uh, of skill. Okay, so it's... A midway. Midway, yes. That's uh, but they were all Simpsons-themed games. Mm. Well... 
I thought, well, that was for the Simpsons anniversary, whatever the anniversary mm, was. Sure. So this year, I, I, I wait until Sunday because I'm really busy most of the time. But I finally go, I'm going to see what's back there this time. And eh, yeah. there's nothing back there. That's too Aww. bad. Wait, no, wrong. Oh. Keep walking. There was an enormous Midway setup. Okay. Enormous. Yeah. But it was Rick and Morty and Adult Swim. Oh, okay. Really, really cool. Oh, yeah. that was fun. And they had lots of, yeah, shooting balloons again and uh, mm-hmm. riding these really weird uh, horses around. There yeah, were yeah. Those weird cartoon horses. Okay. So fun. Yeah. So part Midway, part existential nightmare. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It was a little horrific. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, you know uh, who'd like this? Dave. Dave would like this. <laughs> Why would I like that? I think that you like uh, fairgrounds. I do like fairgrounds. Yeah. Actually. And I went like, oh, there's a lot of, like, meat on sticks and stuff around here. He would also probably enjoy. I do enjoy meat on sticks. Unless it's walking around in my backyard. They, uh, Less pleased. Absolutely. They also had, like, uh, just a little bit then away from there, you could go and get tested for the mutant gene. Uh, oh, really? If you got the mutant gene. Did you test, get tested? I, I, it, was, it was too long a lineup. Okay. But it was like the, the – I think they had two different ones. One was for – a show called Gifted, but they also had one for Legion. Okay. Oh. And if you went to the Legion one, yeah. yeah, you sat in a chair and had questions asked of you, and you got to test your mutant powers, but uh, then things went fucking horribly wrong. Yeah. And then the Shadow King had, oh, so many things. And oh. I was like, I'm sorry I didn't do that. I'm looking online to see if they have any video of it, because, mm. you know, Legion yeah, yeah. was one of my favorite shows cool. last year. That'd be a good way to get people to donate blood. Ah. Have it pretend that, you know, the pretend idea that you're getting uh, they do tested do, for mutants. They uh, do yeah. blood, blood drives there, so yeah. that is interesting, possibly. Hmm. Yeah. Well, there. that's a, uh, a word in someone's ear who's involved with SDCC. Please do. Uh, uh, you know what was also very fun? We ended up going to uh, see Twin Peaks like two days early. We saw it on Friday. when it That was... is ridiculous. Oh, so good. And there were so many uh, people who were like, don't spoil anything. Don't well, shut up. It's been really spoiler spoiler free. I think I, don't, I haven't seen too many people who No, it was like a whole room full stuff. of people who were just really respectful and not yeah, jerks. Yeah. But it was great to see it in a room full of like a couple of hundred people. Yeah, it yeah. It was just this. Because <gasps> that was. Uh, yeah, clap, that, clap, clap. Woo. Because that episode had some scary stuff. Yeah. And then it had some like funny stuff. Yeah. Some stuff happened. You're like, yay. And it had like a happened. really. Ooh. It had a really well edited, well timed like anticipation sequence. Yep. Where you're just like, what's going ah, on? Everyone is like on the edge of their yeah, seat. Yeah. Like, ah! And, yeah, yeah. That was great. That was, it was a good episode. Oh, that was a good episode to watch with the group, I think, too. Yeah, yeah. And we and the nice thing about it was, like, we thought it was going to be sold out. Like, it was it's free, but so we thought it was going to be sold out. Yeah. You know, it was like, the room held like about a thousand people. It wasn't full by any means. It was like about three quarters full, perhaps. Unfortunately, uh, uh, um, sure that's sort of the... Uh, no, that wasn't the The microcosm why. of Twin Peaks. No, really. no, 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 no. Anything with... Anything... Pick the most obscure thing and, you know, Blake 7, sold out! You know, it would just be there. Right? Yeah, because there's a fan base for everything. Uh, Blake 7 isn't, isn't uh, obscure, by the way. In uh, North America? In the year 2017? Anywhere. Anywhere. Very good. All right. Sorry. Well known. Well, enjoy your dad's army fan club as well. <laughs> um, so, but here was what happened. We thought, oh, there's no way we're going to make it. In fact, we went to dinner with our friend Richard Starkings. Uh, he's been on I the know show Richard. Before. Great, great fella. Uh, uh, congratulations on your upcoming nuptials, Richard. He's getting married in the next little while. Oh, congratulations. Oh, he's happy as a clam. I'm great glad guy. Uh, but we, we went. Stopping his comic book as well, isn't he? he? Yeah. He, uh, he invited us to dinner, and we went to dinner at an Italian restaurant that was like about eight blocks away, and we're like, you know what? We're probably not going to get into this thing anyway, so let's not really make a big deal out of it. If we make it, we make it, but we're not going to care. Yeah. Well, anyway. So we're so <laughs> well. So it's about like a half hour before thing. Like, yeah. eh, let's really try and make it. So me and my wife we're doing the power walk through sure, the sure. crowded, crowded, crazy streets, mm-hmm. fake cop cars. That's craziness. Uh, we we make it to the convention. It's ten. The convention closes at like nine. Yeah. So that we're there. It's ten. Everything's closed. Like, oh, well, what's going on? Why is it all uh, closey closed? 
uh, trying to find a door, and like I would see how most people would come to this and just go, well. Nothing you can do. Yeah. But uh, me and my wife Pia, we've been too closey closed before because <laughs> we've had stuff that's going on. like, no, yeah. we're going to find a fucking door. We're going to yeah. talk to a person. Yeah. We're going to talk them to death until they let us in. So we did that. We went and my wife just talked to them. Oh, I'm telling you, I don't know. You let me get in then. Beep, beep. We do our scanner badges, yeah. go up, bolt. And uh, what happened was the producer, uh, I forget her name. Uh, she also had that same problem, so they had to delay the the thing. Oh, okay. Because she brought it with her, but couldn't get in either. So it was all the super delay, and so a lot of people couldn't get in either. But it worked out well for us. Yeah. So because we 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 got some good seats. Sure. And enjoyed the thing. So, yeah, but ah man, tasty. Good, such, good, such good a stuff. good show, and I I've heard that the ratings aren't very good. So. But you know what? Uh, here's the other thing. Okay. It'll last forever. You, well, here's the thing about the ratings not being that good. Uh, it doesn't matter because people signed up for Showtime. And they signed up in insane numbers, so Showtime's already got that going for them. Oh, okay. So they're fine. Yeah, that's not how uh, that's not how Showtime works. Mm. It's like HBO. Mm. It's like, oh, how are the ratings? Well, it's good that there's ratings. What matters more that we've got subscribers? Yeah, that's how we work, not yeah. by ratings. Yeah, ratings only matter because you're selling ads to people, and you can sell higher priced ads based on your thing. But if you don't have that's ads, yeah. then all that matters is just subscribers, Sounds and they good. got a huge subscriber base. Okay. Now here's my you question. Sold me. Without uh, without spoiling anything, do you think this will be the only Twin Peaks they'll do, or do you think they're going to have like another season of it? Well, David Lynch himself said there's only going to be one season. That's why he insisted on 18 episodes to tell the story. Right. Do you think that's going to be true or no? <sighs> For a 76-year-old man to want to... Who seems to be really loving it. He, yeah. I, I, he also, I mean, people who aren't familiar with Twin Peaks, I'm sorry for you. For one thing, you've missed, you missed out on a fabulous thing. And there's no way to see it now. Ian and I were lucky enough to it was, be... And they burned all the copies of it, too, after it was Well, done. not, it's not that. I mean, I feel like it kind of disappeared out of the out of the, our culture for a long time. It came back 25 with... 25 years, yeah. It came back with... Uh, I mean, it's been available for a few years um, through various, like, sort of cable mm -hmm. things like Crave TV, for instance, or... or it was on... Was it on Netflix for a while? Uh, I don't know about sure that. I don't know about that. But anyway, but through those sort of means, it's yeah. kind of kind of made a return, but... But I mean, I know that uh, I successfully um, uh, um, brainwashed Eve into liking it. I made her watch it with me. Uh, I should say that she she loves the show. She was more excited about this return than I was. Actually, she had it on the calendar, you know, circled. And, um, and it almost feels like you know when I think we've described this before. But you were a fan of something when you were a kid, mm -hmm. and now here's the movie version or the more adult version. You know, when you've kind of matured a bit and it's like yeah. oh but the filmmaker skills have also increased over yeah. time so yeah. they bring more to the table mm -hmm. and it's even more of a thinker and but some things are more frustrating yeah, but some yeah. things are also oh my gosh that's gorgeous it's definitely let allowed for the best and the worst of david lynch to you know depending how you feel about his love of long pauses or long takes a seemingly or point, uh, yeah just the list of versions yeah. and stuff like that you know uh he, just, cause he has this weird sense of humor and he just loves to throw stuff mm -hmm. throw stuff in the mix uh, I'm really enjoying it more the second time that I see it. Oh, you, have, have you watched them twice? Usually because my sister-in-law mm. can't see them on the night, so she'll go, she'll come over and watch it. And yeah. I'm like, well, I'll just watch a little bit of this. I'm watching it through the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And because you don't have that, uh, that you know, nervousness of like, oh, is it going to end now? Don't end now. Don't yeah, yeah, end yeah, now. Oh, you credits. I hate your credits so much. <laughs> That's you right. get to relax, see yeah. more stuff that happens in the background, put two and two together on things. Mm -hmm. and Yeah. Yeah, something with a show ending with a with a performance from people and from you know uh, I haven't known I haven't known very many of them. Just Sharon Van Etten was the only uh, singer that so far that I was like, oh, that's Sharon Van Etten. But um, 
yeah, you resent them when they come. I feel sorry for them because they they herald the end of the show. So you're just like, how could you come now? It's, I want to see this happen or I want to see what, how this resolves. But tune in next time. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's it's everything, you know, Lynch really fought and fought for in the first series of Twin Peaks for the first season. He fought he fought the uh, the the network as long as he could, and then he had to kind of collapse in the second season. And I think with that, he kind of lost interest in the show and sort of it, his attention wandered. Started doing a Wild at Heart instead. Um, but this time, I mean, and I think that's why he basically gave the ultimatum. You know, if they, if I can't do X, I'm gone. I'm just walking. Because he didn't want to go through that again. He didn't want to have interference again and have no. a ne- have a network, you know, tell him what had to be in the show and how long it could be and blah, blah, blah. And he said, you know, either it's me directing, you know, us with complete creative control. Or we're not going to do it. And so. And he came in with like uh, full creative confidence mm-hmm. in what he wants to do. Yeah. Was just doing. I was hearing a story like uh, someone asked, what's the angriest he was on set? And it was always like happy on. He was happy. Just mm-hmm. this confidence, knew what he was doing every scene. Yeah, yeah. And it was like there was only one time that he got a little bit grumpy. And it was uh, Jim Belushi improvised a line at the end of uh, a scene. Okay. And he got on a bullhorn and went like, Mr. Belushi, will we have to send you to the principal's office? <laughs> no, sir. No, sir, you will not. <laughs> All right. Let's do it again. <laughs> he always uses a bullhorn when he, when yep. he directs. He does not. Understood. Even according to... Uh, Here he goes. Yeah. Here pretty, he goes that, again. That's a good... Thank you, Dave. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoy my impression of David Lynch. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, because I was reading... A, 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 or I was watching an interview with Laura Dern, uh, Patricia Arquette, and um, Naomi, Naomi, Naomi Watts. Naomi Watts, yeah. And they were all saying, yeah, even in a, like the intimate setting of a bedroom, he will still direct through a megaphone. Mm-hmm. For so, yeah. Stick it in her. Wiggle <laughs> it around. It's more like no. more, <laughs> more tears, Laura. More <laughs> tears. You know, I want you to be more upset. So I can't. And he'll yell during the, while they're acting. Sure. So and he'll just he won't stop camera. He'll just take that yeah. out later on. Yeah, I know it's. Uh... Well, they did this on. Yeah, they did this one digitally too. Mm. You know, people are asking, "Was this on film?" Because it looks very. Nope, it's all uh, digital. I think he did Inland Empire digitally as well. I think yes. it's just a reality of for well, him. It's reality, of... but the other. Yeah, it's just a economic it's, reality. No, yeah, that's right. There's no expense. Just let it run for as long as you mm-hmm. want, mm-hmm. and we'll do as many takes as we're going to yeah. do. Yeah, and it's. Uh, you know, if you've seen his early films, you know that he's not tied to any idea of of high fidelity or you mm-hmm. know of of the. You know, his films have always been very rough and ready. I mean, right, right down to Eraserhead. Or Though, I got to say, in this one especially, uh, the sound is incredible. And well, when, he's the he's a sound designer. He's the, he's the only designer. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's never a moment where it's well, maybe there is some silence, but mm-hmm. you know, there's always like it's driving the story along. The background yeah. sounds. Background sounds are important for him because you know, if you remember back to the original Twin Peaks, where we didn't understand what the electricity was so much at that time, but you know, it it had a prominent place in the sound of the show and. You know, it had, but his sounds also have a thematic. Uh, you know, they also play into the themes and stuff that he's that he's dealing with in the show. So, There's yeah, my, it's very. These are my uh, these are my two uh, goofball the- theories that I know are not true, and so I'm I'm feeling comfortable saying them. Okay. Okay, and this is all just relating to the original series, so it's also not spoily for okay. this one. Um, one in the first uh, first season, you get a lot of invitation to love on the screen. Mm-hmm. It's this soap okay. opera. Yep. yep. And what I always felt was, did I tell you my theory of in- invitation to love? No. I always thought, and you know, that these were the things that the network said, "Hey, you know what we should do? You should have a thing where you shoot a guy who's in love with this person who does this." <laughs> and they went, "We'll do it." And then they put it on the soap opera, and they were, and then just cut away from it. It's sure. like we did it. Why not? We put it right in there. So Why it's not? all the cheese ball soap yeah. opera stuff is just separate. 
and you, you just mock it. But then the second season, there was no more invitation to love, and yeah. the show itself became so soap opera-y. Yeah, you know they had you know the that 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 character who was a, a Corton uh, Andy. It was Andy, and like what's what's his girlfriend's name? Uh, who uh, who uh, is the uh, receptionist? Oh yes, that's right. Uh, Andy and. Anyway, I know he's a suave bit of business. Yeah, there's suave. That seems completely out of... It was like Richard something or... Yeah, something like... Yeah, Dick. Dick Dick something. They keep calling him Dick. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, he's he's just this character who just comes in who's just over the top. Yeah, yeah. That guy. Uh, Yes, he did a great job. Right. But, like, so much so that, like, what's this guy doing here? He looks yeah, like yeah. he just came off a that soap was fun. opera. That no, was I, under- fun. I understand. But I think like two things. In reality, I feel like they were pressured into actually doing those soap, soap opera things. Then the first season, they had to, they yeah. could brush off. Well, and it became very soap opera-y. And you had all this soap opera silliness and okay. amnesia mm-hmm. and, and all this shit that you didn't really need to really move the story yeah. along. Well, I, okay. Okay, but two... I'm going to tell you my nerdy theory, though, on this. Okay. Which is because I think the Twin Peaks... Uh, things can there's doppelgangers there's things that can be created when they're needed okay i think basically uh, a soap opera world kind of started to come to life and it started interfering with uh with twin peaks okay. and interfering with the reality there of course it's a stupid idea but that's what i think happened yeah. so it became colored by the soap opera because you never mm. saw that soap opera again so you don't think the show became colored by the fact that the network took its mystery away i think so but and also- they had to like Im- improvise mid-season a new a new storyline that's a weird thing when they say like that's what happened no i got that but it's like when they when they say that they took the mystery away but you took the mystery away while revealing an amazing world and a reason for the mystery and it's like just fucking pursue that you've like you know you've set up like this oh yeah this person did this okay because they were influenced by this thing oh my god that thing's out there yeah Yeah. yeah. oh we're not going to deal with that anymore Eh, maybe later what no you've just you gotta deal with that. That's your that's your thing now, man. Nope. Uh, and now, of course, they're kind of dealing with a little bit. But go ahead, please. But very very obliquely. Um, now I'll tell no, you, Mike. Yeah, you tell me I just, that theory. No, that I was just gonna wrong. say. I just feel like you know your theory is interesting, but I feel like it's, it's more theory, it's, it's more fun. based in the in the just the prosaic fact that you know the their legs their legs were chopped out from under them and they had to kind of scramble to figure out some some way to make the show interesting again. You know, like. Whereas they always they had this through line, and to Lynch has said that the Laura Palmer's murder was the tree, and everything else was the branches. Mm-hmm. And you you know as long as you didn't chop the tree down, all the branches would you know be able to tell have their various stories and stuff like that. But the network basically made him chop the tree down, and he felt like all the branches that he created just had no. This is where I find this. This is where I I, I strongly disagree with that. And that the the thing that happens in the first episode is. The person is murdered, yep. and you see the the, the repercussions, almost yep. like you know, like throwing a pebble in uh, in, in some water, and the ripples go out. Sure. And you see how it affects the whole town. It's like how does it affect the parents? Well, obviously that. How about the school? Great. How about how about the you know the cops? Well, the effects in this way, and it's like it's the effect on the whole town. So when you solve the murder, the effects are still there. You know, but everyone just like, meh, shake it off, done. Okay, I guess we're, we're cool now. No, the effects are still there, especially yeah. since you've taken this small little lumber town and you've introduced supernatural elements to it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, now what? Now build on that. You've just set up your world and it's an amazing world and it's fine that you, you know, solve the, the murder. But like, there's still ramifications to this, right? 
play with that. Mm -hmm. And now they, of course, are many, many years later. And they got back to it in the very final episode where you're like, yeah, now we're back to the stuff that we care about. I kind of think Supernatural undersells that element of the show. I think it reveals transcendent elements. Mm. Things that it's not like vampires and werewolves and stuff like that. It's like alternate realities, alternate, you know, coexisting transcendent realities that coexist and or or you know it's hard it's mm-hmm. hard to even know where where or what lynch's ideas well, are to how what these... i liked also in the in the thing was you had you know basically you got like almost a Mulder and scully situation where you've got you know agent cooper and then mm-hmm. truman yeah except truman knows there's mm-hmm. some evil shit in those woods yeah and he believes it yeah he, he does I, I love that's one of my favorite parts of the show is my favorite one of my favorite episodes is the one where uh they uh cooper has a dream mm-hmm and then they're going to throw rocks at bottles. They're going to ask a question and throw a rock at a bottle. Right. And everyone just goes along with it. They're like, oh, okay. No one says, what, why? Why are we throwing rocks? We're going to ask questions. Let me just get this straight. Before you start, let me just get this straight. Okay. You were going to put some bottles down there. You're going to ask a question and throw a rock at the bottle. And if it breaks it, it means what? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, no one says that. They're just like, And if it knocks okay. it off, it means a different thing. But sure. it's like, yeah, he's doing a Tibetan ritual. Like, and the first thing he does is he turns the board around and goes, Tibet. And just describes all this stuff about Tibet. Yeah. And it's like, okay, now back to it. And it's and everyone... I don't think throwing rocks at a bottle is a Tibetan ritual, but okay. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a dream. Yeah. But it's I also, love it. It's just so great. Yeah, I'll also tell you all the stuff that Hawk believes is not real First Nations stuff with uh, UFOs and no, whatnot. No, no, no. I just meant it's not, it's not an actual Tibetan tradition. Oh, I understand. Tradition. I like, I believe it. the... Also an ambulance. I believe the, the Native American elements are real, mm-hmm. but... I think the Tibetan one is like a made-up Tibetan tradition, not, Fair. A, not an actual Tibetan tradition. Fair enough. But what I like is that this is a town I could be wrong, though. that uh, believes this stuff. Like, they just... And you don't know, like, there's certain people who uh, the mystical stuff never... never Lucy, that's her name. So Andy and Lucy never see any of the mystical stuff. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Jerry... No, Ben Ben Horn? Ben Horn, yeah. Ben Horn. Through, I watched the whole series. I went like, does he ever see anything that's supernatural or anything that leads him to believe the supernatural exists? No. Him and his brother Jerry, not a thing. Mm. To them, the whole story is just there was a murder. I got dealt with. Yeah. Anyway, and it's fine. <laughs> yeah. And my wife and my daughter's having some issues. Mm. Mm, yeah. But she, he never sees anything. So there's people who are just living their lives untouched by this completely. And then there's this other group of people that know the supernatural things exist and deeply believe it. And yet they're still living small town life and they're functioning. And that just to me is really interesting. There's this dichotomy in the in, in the city, you know, uh, or the or, or the town. There's just so much to that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't see how once you've solved the mystery, you go, yeah, I guess we're done. That's it. No, solving the thing doesn't doesn't, well, I, you know, it's I don't think it's so much if you're that. a character based. Yeah. Show. But I don't think that's what it's about. I think it's about the fact that you have a vision and someone says, no, I don't want you to do oh, yeah, yeah. Realistically, the network didn't get it, forced them to do stuff. Yeah. That fucked it up. They were yeah. able to get their vision back at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're fine. And there you go. Okay. Here's my here's my just plain uh, theory that, uh, for, for, for what I see in the show. This is almost fan fiction. I apologize for this oh. completely. Time for some shipping, everyone. Here's what it is. Okay. So watch the first episode. And sorry, there's a vacuum cleaner pl- uh, in the background in case you're wondering if we're doing soundscaping as well or just playing electricity <laughs> underneath this and eventually Dave will vanish. Yeah. Um, That's my plan. 
So the very first episode, mm-hmm. uh, you've got uh, Bobby Briggs in jail with his friend Mike. Yes. And uh, doing that weird dog thing. And well, that's the thing. Okay. They're 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 across from James. Yes. Okay. And Bobby's kind of a badass mm-hmm. guy, and Mike's yeah. there, and uh, and they start just doing this weird growling and howling at him, yeah. and just barking, really barking at him. And you're like, oh. And when you've watched them all, and then go back to that, you're like. Well, that's Bob behavior. That's what Bob, like Killer Bob, does. That he growls, he barks, he bites. He's very, he's very much, you know, canine. Yeah. And then I was like, wait a second, that guy's name's Bob, and that guy's name's Bob. Well, that's maybe that's just a crazy coincidence. But the whole thing with like Killer Bob, Killer Bob went off when he was killing with a guy named Mike. Well, this is Mike. <laughs> it's another Mike. So you've yeah. got Bob and Mike off the top threatening this guy. Yeah. Then Bob and Mike separately are the two mystical characters that you know are d- define murder and whatever and it's like wait do does bobby briggs become killer bob like eventually is this his origin story to become that and you're going like well that doesn't work out time wise but then you also go with time doesn't matter in this fucking reality there's time travel people go back in time people go forward in time people are held in time you know the other realm doesn't only doesn't when do people travel in time sorry thinking of annie there's uh, there's there's Annie. That's right, because Annie goes back in time. But she's in the lodge when she does that. She's right? in, that's what I'm saying. But then so's Bob, and mm-hmm. so's okay. and so's sure, Mike. Sure. Yeah. You know, they they can go back and and tell someone, hey, I'm in the lodge. Yeah. And there's there. Hope is everyone's some, enjoying this in depth Twin Peaks. Uh, there is yet. some there is some other stuff there as well. Okay. But that's my theory right now is that this is actually uh, the origin story of Killer Bob. Okay. Which if you watch the new, you're going, but what about again? Yeah, but what time? about you know that could just be the essence you're not i'm talking the full physical here's the other thing about bob killer bob yeah needs to possess someone mm-hmm. can't just manifest himself in our reality yeah you know maybe that's uh you know this is this is uh, the connection there it's just too weird that like bob and mike were the two murderers mm-hmm. and then bob and mike were these two characters off the top that are both barking the same way killer bob does you know later on yeah so that's the thing. I think uh, I think Bobby Briggs is actually Killer Bob. And here's one other thing from the first season. There's a beautiful scene where Don Davis as uh, is is he a general? What is he? He's the he's uh, he's in the military yeah, yeah. and he has his talk with his son. I think he's major, isn't he? Major. There we go. And and he said he has this big long talk with his son. And it's a really beautiful scene where he yeah. goes like, you know what? I had a dream last night about you, and it was you, and you were uh, at perfect peace, completely perfect peace. You know, it's like, an, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, that must be because he's really got his act together. Things are good. Or he has become completely evil and he's <laughs> at perfect peace because he has abandoned all wow. morality. Wow. And that's that's how you get to perfect peace because mm, sure. there's perfect peace on both sides. That's what he meant. And so you flippity-do mm. because his, his father as well was traveling in the lodges. Yes. He can travel. He has done that. And perhaps he did that before Bobby was born. Perhaps he brought some ability back for Bobby that connected him and a very and if nothing else made the lodges aware of his son. So anyway, that's my little fan ficky thing. Anyway, back to reality. How's it going, Dave? <laughs> oh, theories. Yep. How we like to pick and choose our evidence. Yep. <laughs> anyway, the cast in the new uh the new series are amazing. Everyone's just nailing it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's I'm oh. even liking Jim Belushi. Mm-hmm. How hard is is That's that a hard to thing work? To do, yeah. yeah, yeah, that is hard. Mister Destiny, it's so uh, <laughs> crying out loud. It's uh, yeah. So it's, there's some people there who are very good actors, and you know, Naomi Watts pops to mind. Kyle MacLachlan, of course, has been doing a great job playing multiple characters. Even uh, a person I think has kind of dis- had disappeared. Matthew Lillard did a great job mm-hmm. with his character as the principal. Absolutely. 
Have you been to that website? Yes. Yeah, it's interesting. It's yes. Yeah. Have you been to it lately? No, I haven't. No. no. Well, there we go. That's another thing. Hello, everybody. <laughs> this is basically the ritual for watching the show. Yeah. Watch the show on Sunday. Yeah. Won't this Sunday because I've got to do comic books live and then we'll come home and watch it after. And then about two days later, go online and see what uh, theories people are uh, floating yeah, around. Yeah, like little Easter too. eggs and mm-hmm. little bits of business. And, and in that way, uh, it does feel like the original series where you would talk with your friends about things, or mm. like we've talked in the past about reading Watchmen comics. Yeah. yeah. Break down your theories, whatever. And, and it feels frustrating because you want to binge watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, it actually works better. I don't. Where you have yeah, a I'm, not a, I'm not a big fan of binge watching. So even shows that I could binge watch, I don't binge yeah, watch. Yeah, it's nice to have the week where mm-hmm. no one knows anything and you can all yeah. kind of talk it out. I think the only show that I've binge watched, like in that sense, was Stranger Things. And even that, we, we did space out over the weekend. Mm-hmm. We didn't... Uh, and it was more of the reason we binge-watched the final part was because Eve had to go away. So we were to say, we got to get this done. We cannot leave yeah. this hanging for a week or so. Yeah, and I know you're not a trailer guy, but uh, man, they delivered on a good trailer. Yeah, that's a good that. trailer. Yeah, I watched yeah. that too. Yeah, yeah. I, I do watch trailers, but I just watch one trailer now. Sure. I've just got this thing now. Like, it's like one trailer. I get the gist. Yep. I don't need to see any more. I don't want to give away any more information, yep. any more stuff, you know. Especially that new movie, The Gist. Yes. Yeah, that gives Stephen away. King's The Gist. The Gist. Hey, what's what's that coming out from under the uh, the mm-hmm. the door? Uh, you know, it's that the you know the thing I'm talking yeah. about. You know, one of those uh, things with the tentacles. Sure. What? Yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, you get the gist. All right, listen. Are yeah. we, there's only one way to beat it. Mm-hmm. What, what's that do? We got to take, you know, uh, you know what I'm talking about, that thing over there. Uh, despair and then kill yourself? Yeah, 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 you get it, right? Okay, you get the gist. <laughs> it's a pretty good movie. It's just pointing at the end. You get the idea. <laughs> I'm doing a TV. They got a TV show now of The Mist. I'm, oh, uh, is that right? I'm assuming they are a bit more upbeat uh, with it from what I've heard. Mm. Yeah, the movie is pretty, uh, pretty grueling, I found. I remember when I saw I saw it in the theater, and I remember uh, when the spoilers, everyone. If you don't want to, the mist ruin for you, uh, don't listen to what I'm going to say. But when they kill the Marcia Gay Harden character, there was a guy in the theater who yelled out, "It's about fucking time!" <laughs> I think everyone felt that way because it just got like a general round of applause. You know, Cause that character was so grueling. You know, it's just like so ridiculously over the top. You're like, ugh, talk about a straw man. It would be fun to take all the really annoying Stephen King characters and make give them their own movie. Well, they're all the like, same person, aren't they? They're oh, all, they totally they're are. They're all crazy, That's fundamentalist right. Christian. Yeah, you get Carrie's mom, get her, yeah, get them yeah. all together. Yeah, yeah, big, big room full of jerks. Got a, I mean, maybe it's where he grew up. He grew up in a you know place where the Puritans founded you know and i'm sure there's still a huge puritan culture there yeah, and then it's really annoying you for you because like tentacles are coming from out of the door so that's going to mess you up too you're <laughs> getting them on not their you, best day is what i'm you saying really like this tentacle tentacle door well it's either that or spider legs whatever mm. the hell is coming underneath the door that's all i remember from the movie is like the mist and then the, la, 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 and the things i enjoy i enjoyed the creatures in that movie i oh, thought yeah. i thought all that stuff was very fun and you know it, it was i was interested to learn that frank darabont wanted that movie to be black and white he wanted it to look like an old 50s science fiction film. And I can see why the, the series uh, no. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, that, that, so yeah, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like Mad Max Fury Road where his favorite cut of the film is a is a without any speaking in it, just a musical version in black and white. That's ah, George Miller's nice. preferred version of that film, which I think is interesting. Oh, George. Well, you know, he's probably can't see colors as well as he used to. 
that's a, that's uh, a good movie. Speaking of uh, Marsha Gay Harden type characters, yeah, I uh, just want to bring this up before we wrap up the uh, show today. Uh, when we was in San Diego, what you usually get is the uh, Westboro Baptist Church folks show up. How or, hateful! Uh, they weren't there this time, but it was uh, yeah, it was guys with signs, and they they do this thing where they uh, have a microphone where uh, people can come and debate them, you know, or just like say their piece, speakers corner kind of stuff, kind of kind of thing, and then the person you know you can't win against people like that. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Like and so I, it, that's what really bugged me was the uh, you know the guy was taking control of the conversation with this other person who was like a young man who was like being very sensible yeah. and being very nice and you know but he was he was going have you ever stolen okay have you ever had lust in your heart have you ever done that? well then you're a lustful thief and da 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 and and it's like oh man you know he's got the bit like laid up you got yeah, yeah. you got to break pattern bro you got to break pattern it's hard though because they can turn they can turn it so fast but here's what I would love to see sometime yeah and I'm not the guy to do it because I'm agnostic guy but here's <laughs> here's what I'd like to do if you can have a guy who's set up there that's uh, really you know you're going to hell if you think the wrong thing sure. and you're not this what you need to do is have the sensible Christians set up next door to them yeah. and just go like, okay, no, things are fine. Jesus forgives you. He's okay with it. It's all right. He loves you. Don't listen. You know, you listen to this yeah, guy yeah. if you want or don't. But they've got their own setup. So they've mm-hmm. got the right to free speech as well. Yeah. So you just, you set up next to them and give like the counter, not the, you know, the atheist perspective, which yeah. you could if you wanted, but like the, okay, here's another, I read the same book and I took it a bit of a different way. Sure. Here we go. And I just have, be nice. I've debated many times a, a fellow at work about uh, about gay gay being uh, being gay being a sin, many times. Sure. And it's not a, it's not an argument that you can you can win though. You know, like I mean, you make your point and then you walk away. I mean, it's just, well, you don't you don't win the you argu- cannot win you don't win the argument things. that day, but uh, you're chipping away at it a little hopefully. bit. Hopefully, and then and then hopefully. here's the here's the other way you win it is because he sees you and what you are in your you know day to day day after day and go like. Well, mm-hmm. Dave's a smart guy. Dave's a good guy. Well, Dave doesn't believe this. Well, oh, Dave's he'll a, go to other people and he'll Dave, say, "Dave's a Christian." He'll be like, "I can't understand how Dave goes to a church with a gay priest." Yeah, like I, I, I can't understand how that because if he, but that's so it's so outside of his understanding you're get, of you're the world. To him. That's right, because you're getting to him. I guess so. if you weren't getting to him, he wouldn't be saying that. Mm. You know that that means that you've gotten you've gotten in you know a little bit. Yeah, and you know maybe you know more of your actions, more of your actions, more of things you're just in your day to day thing. But you're not going to win an argument no, by arguing. No one wins an argument by arguing. You win an <laughs> argument by your actions after the argument. By shooting? The action. Is that how you win an argument? Hmm? By shooting? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Pool. You just have a pool, game of pool together. And you, know what you, you know what you don't see at the end of the mist, by the way, is like how annoying all everyone in the car was. You know, you think he's just shooting them because of that thing. But there's a lot of the kid in the back going, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And then, uh, can I can I put a radio show on? And a lot of that. And it's like it's cranking so they, it up. They won't, and, yeah, they won't settle on one station. Yeah, I just want to change the Hey, how do, these, how do these windows work? It's like, all right, mercy killing all around. Blam, 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 blam. And I was like, oh, did you, know you didn't have to do that. Oh, well. You know, that's why pencils have erasers. Well, you have successfully made that ending more palatable for me <laughs> than the life-denying ending that's there. Yeah, you just need to have uh, the bonus scene that you don't see where you just go, oh, that's why. Mm-hmm. They should that's put that in. the reason They should put why. that in there. Yeah. Instead of having that corny, dumb ending. Mean, like, there's people who like that ending. And, I, and if you, you know who do... likes that ending? Mm-hmm. Stephen King. He likes it better than the book, he said. He said he wished oh. he ended the book that way. Oh. But, you know, what's he know? What's Stephen King? Yeah, know? he didn't like Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining. Which I mean, it's, it's an okay movie, but it's way better than than the miniseries that came out based on yeah. 
You know what? Stephen King said that my wife's comic book was the best graphic novel he ever read. So what does he know? <laughs> well, what do you think of that's it? Written, that's written. What do you think of that graphic hey, novel? Dave, yeah. that's just written by my wife. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's someone who's in my house. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What's what, the deal? What do you think about that's it when, crazy. You, you, think about when no, you read shut it? Shut up. Shut up. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> shut up. Don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk about it, okay? Why are you getting me in trouble? Huh? Why don't you tend to your own chickens? That's what the, that's what the Bible tells us. Tend to ye chickens before you pluck the feathers off another man's mm. in public on your podcast. <laughs> so saith uh, that's Phil. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Phil, the sure. guy who's just walking by. Yeah. And then they cut that out of the Bible because mm. people were like, you know, I don't like the Phil storyline. Yeah. Uh, Paul's letter to chickens. Everyone knows that one. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> you guys are doing great. Love what you're doing. Love your church. Shout out to uh, Noisy. Great chicken. Love you. Just want to say one thing. We're all going to get laid. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? That's a funny joke for chickens. <laughs> they love it. Every time. Okay, everyone. I feel like the show... I feel like my bringing up chickens was a mistake, actually. I... Sorry, I ever talk- I mentioned it. Let us know if you think it was anyway, a mistake. Anyway, yeah, let us know if you think or it was a mistake. Or if you want more chicken talk. Does this show jump the chicken? That's the real question I think people should be asking. Well, I think we've now found our guest for our 300th show. We've got to bring Noisy in. <laughs> <laughs> just let Noisy have a run <laughs> of the comic shop. And whatever uh, comics Noisy pecks, sure. uh, we will buy. You know what? I'm going to do a, uh, I'm gonna do a um, bilingual end to the show this week. Okay. If you uh, want to contact us, you can go to our buck, 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 and leave a buck, buck there. You can go to uh, and uh, you can contact us. It's at underscore. Oh, what was that? Oh, that was a. <laughs> you can also contact us via email at com. We should see if we get more or less mail than we normally do. <laughs> and uh, I think, that, and we have a Tumblr page. It's uh, at Tumblr. So everyone. Thank you very much for listening to our show this week. We appreciate it. We're going to do another show in about a half an hour or maybe 45 minutes. So, uh, so please come get ready. back to your pod. Get ready your, for uh, to your phone next or week. your computer then in a half hour. We promise next week's show is going to be more chicken and even less coherence. So thank you for listening this week. We'll see you soon. <laughs> It's the heat. <laughs> it's it's the